0: Good morning, TWTFM listeners. You have joined me and Freddie on the sofa with uh, Julian Siravo from uh, Autonomy. Julian, Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice How to meet you. you thanks you for having you got me.
1: got the surname right first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think this is a
0: problem we had earlier when uh, whenever one of us would do a nice question, we'd go like, oh, yeah, that was sweet. And it's like, yeah. don't the uh, me. Uh, <laughs> 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 just going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I interrupted. So, yeah, so
1: a lot of people listening to this might not know Autonomy, they might know Autonomy from the 4-day-week campaign, yep. which is perhaps what it's yep. most prominent for. Um, do you want to tell people a little bit about what Autonomy is and what it's out to do? Right. Autonomy is
2: a think tank that was started a couple of years ago by, um, by a couple of people, by Will Strong, Kyle Lewis, uh, Maria Dada. I joined about a year ago and they are it's a think tank that uh, it thinks about the future of work from from a very I guess time-based perspective yeah so as you mentioned uh, shorter working weeks uh, but we also have a lot of thinking around universal basic income um, around commuting time Around uh, shadow work, for example, you know all the work, all the work that we're sort of doing when we look at our emails in bed and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and and since I joined, we've been we've been looking a lot more into space yeah. and um, sort of how that relates to work and how actually the potentiality of having more t- t- time in our lives will require us to rethink urban space living space and and etc
1: and this is your field more particularly so you're not not a graphic designer i'm not a graphic designer you're (laughs) not a pamphleteer (laughs) by trade so tell us yeah tell us what you do specifically
2: right so i'm i was trained as an architect and as an urban designer uh and yes for the past year or so i've been working with autonomy to develop what we're calling infrastructures for work um we're looking at sort of decommodified uh, forms of workspace anything from c- c- co-working to the food worker to the food industry um, to care
0: so th- this when you say say decommodified this would be in a future where these things weren't necessarily delivered for profit exactly
2: so these these we're, what we're developing are uh, Either publicly owned or community owned, or Mm -hmm. always community managed uh, workspaces. So, a lot of the thinking uh, stems from the idea that uh, workspace should not be a commodity on the market, and that actually our economies might function a lot better if it
1: wasn't. So, when we we were talking on we met on Friday, Mm. and we were talking a little bit about job centers as one of the projects that you've been working on and reimagining. So, I'm interested. you know, for people listening, mm-hmm. where do you start when you're like, right? We want to redesign the idea of a job centre. Mm. What is the point at which you start from? I <laughs> think. What What are you trying to achieve?
2: Right. So, in the case of the job centre, there's there's um, I guess at autonomy. Some, something else maybe that I didn't didn't mention is that to us, welfare is is, li- is the flip side of work, and a healthy welfare system is is actually a healthy working. Working culture, um, this sort of very embryonic thinking that's actually going into um, into into job centres. We've been speaking to the PCS, uh, who and they represent the, the workers in
0: because um, job centres at the moment the job centre workers is quite a you know it's a stressful space. It's a, h- a highly um, y- y- you know, so well, kind of the opposite of autonomy, yeah. really, in well, terms of a exactly. you know, lot of the sort of workfare thing and sanctions and stuff. It's a uh, pli- place at the moment where people are sort of corralled into exactly,
2: uh, the exactly, exactly. Real, so the intention of stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this is something. It's 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 a sort of <laughs> there's a double problem in the in the in the in the job center in that the job center has stressed out workers who are trying to enforce cruel policies and are unable of helping people seeking work so so we're coming at it in this case from sort of two sides from the users of the the job centers uh, and the people who are employed in them Um, we've been looking at so the DWP the Department for Work and Pensions uh, they are slowly selling off um, their job centers so a lot of the thinking is going into saying, "Wait a second! Is um, is all this really worth digitizing? What are we losing mm-hmm. uh, in letting go of these spaces? Uh, obviously, the associations with mm-hmm. job centers aren't the most positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how can we? How can we? How can we retain these?" spaces? basis understand that they are valuable square meters of okay. public yeah. interior yeah, um, and actually and actually make them the first place mm-hmm. that you want to go to when you're looking for a job mm-hmm. rather than the last place
1: so I wrote an article um that should come out hopefully next week mm-hmm. for Open Democracy about the growth in privately owned public spaces in London and obviously the paradigmatic example of that is the King's Cross mm-hmm. and that huge development there that is you know used by thousands and thousands of members of the public every day but is privately owned um, and the specific thing that I wrote about in the article was facial recognition mm-hmm. and how that's commodifying the particular open space. I'm interested um, you know, in your ideal world if you were starting to redesign um, spaces and cities what what would they what would it look like how would it differ from what we have now and also maybe in like you know to take an example you know maybe moving away from job centers in another area that you've been working on what is the ideal workplace environment
2: right so i guess to answer your question about king's cross let's <laughs> let's let's take king's cross as a as an example right so what you have is is uh it's a very specific idea Of leisure I guess in the way that you and I experience it I don't I don't I don't go there to work Um, I don't you know I've 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 been to the Google offices once or (laughs) twice in there Um, but 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 most of the time that I've ever spent there was to sort of meet there for a coffee and such and such you you have this very uh, it's very sort of strict identification between leisure and consumption in that space right um and that's um that i guess is in my ideal city that's that's the first thing we should probably try and break down is mm. this idea that to exist outside of our homes we should be consuming uh in one way or the other whether it's sitting at a restaurant sitting at a cafe um, and the idea that we should sort of move on if that's not what we're doing.
0: Um, so s- some of these are, you know, very dynamic processes that are happening right now. Mm. So, I mean, for instance, closure of public libraries is probably the easiest example where, Absolutely. it, you know, somehow there's uh, the kind of, as, you know, I think as well as the narrative <coughs> of austerity, there was also... Uh, a narrative put forward that in some ways having libraries is a bit of a throwback because you know people don't really do that kind of thing now they're accessing (laughs) things online but it's like it's bizarre because at the same time obviously you've got you know the growth of high street chains of coffee shops and everything and that those are just filled with people who are sat on their laptops just trying to sort of eke out uh, an unideal work environment Absolutely. because you know that's the way that we work yeah. absolutely
2: um, the idea that libraries should probably just become co-working spaces is definitely something we've been toying mm-hmm. with. Yeah, <laughs> but also actually um, uh, there has been some experimentation with bringing um, some social services into libraries mm-hmm. um, we've been also thinking about nurseries mm. you know actually sort of I guess how can we rethink what is a public interior who is it for um and who has the right to be there I yeah. guess that's that's um that's something we always keep I I as well
0: uh, how much you pay attention to um some of the sort of countervailing um trends that happen in terms of how uh capitalism directs the sort of spaces in our cities so we you know we talked about king's cross and things like that um and the sort of hyper utilization hyper commercialization of particular space at the same time there's many cities and towns up and down england where you've got less and less you know commercial presence on high streets you've got um you know streets that are full of empty shops and they're just sort of closing down i mean absolutely you know is there a common solution to those two things Well, by any chance? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> I'm. I'm
2: <laughs> we we I've been I've been looking with it all with a lot of interest to the sort of to the death of retail, the so-called death of retail. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually, this this might be an opportunity to rethink. You know, what our shop fronts
0: are for. So this would be. You know, we we could use this space. I mean, uh, so a, a few weeks ago um, in Bristol, we oh. organised a Bristol Transform yeah. event with somebody. Uh, who was running a project in Sheffield called the National Food service, yep. and they had taken over an abandoned uh retail space and had turned it into a community kitchen yeah uh so basically people would come in uh and they'd they were serving several hundred people uh per night you know just basic nice food, and as you say sort of de decommodified so um you know so basically it would end up being cheaper than preparing a meal for yourself at home and you're having the sort of advantages of You know cooking in bulk as well as you know creating an actual sort of community And
2: actually sort of activating the street it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's um Yeah, that's (laughs) That's that's our idea. We've been doing some work actually about um, in in the in the food industry more in the sort of delivery on the delivery meal Mm-hmm. Side of things. I heard that you're a chef, so I'm I'm um, I'm curious to know what 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 you'd think of these things. Um, we've been doing some work on dark kitchens. I don't mm-hmm. know if you if you've heard of of them. Uh, yeah, maybe explain yeah. for our listeners. Dark kitchens yeah, yeah. are um, dark kitchens are essentially online only cooking sites uh, for uh, platforms like Deliveroo and similar. Uh, So if you are say Franco Manca, Deliveroo will come to you and say okay it takes a quarter million to open a restaurant on a high street in the UK, in London in particular. Um, You don't have to spend any of that money, you just uh, send your chef and your ingredients over to this um, site which might be an industrial park it might be um, it it might actually just be a bunch of contain, containers in a yard um and basically you s- you get on the app and drivers come and they take your pizzas away we take so deliveroo takes 40% of the profits mm-hmm. um and uh, so we've been we've been trying to develop an alternative model to that yeah yeah uh which involves things that are very similar to what you just described of immunity k- kitchens and essentially council ownership of and, and these are they facilities. still
0: integrated into delivery or is that all about um, you know actually eating together
2: well no we're 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 not we're not completely opposed to yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um, <laughs> you know we have an aging population we also um
0: we're all we i mean we we there are circumstances when you just want the take away. exactly you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. and we're not we're not moralistic about that nope. yeah. uh
2: and you know i've in these conversations i found myself very often sort of defending d- delivery against a sort of c- c- cult of home yeah. cooking yeah yeah totally which is which which is problematic in its own right because exactly. it, you know you always have to ask who is cooking mm-hmm. um yeah you know is it is it really you know this huge p- pleasure for everybody doing it uh day in day out yeah. um for three or four yeah. other humans <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> well,
0: um well my uh, i mean one of my book bears so uh, as you mentioned i work as a chef yeah um and uh, you know i numerous friends who've started- ki- or been involved in Uh, successful cafes and restaurants uh, that have ended up after five years or so going bust Mm -hmm. not because there weren't enough customers they were very popular uh, people were even sort of willing to pay a sort of fair price for their food and everything Um, but then basically the rent review comes up and the landlord sees that your business is going well and they hike the rent up and I you know um. It's one of those things, when we're eating out, I wonder if people sort of, when they're paying for their food, they're imagining, mm-hmm. oh, okay, some of this will go for the ingredients, some of it will go for the sort of waiting staff and the cooks and everything like that. And it's like, actually, probably 50% of what you're paying is literally going to landlord's pocket. And I, I think that question is associated with the sort of dark sites uh, oh sorry dark, dark kitchens yeah, yeah dark <laughs> sites also dark work sites, <laughs> dark yeah. ops really gonna, them what you want <laughs> i'm gonna rendition you yeah. to uh, a <laughs> pizza hut <laughs> uh, and um yeah it, it's interesting uh, because that's a phenomenon where um f- as a restaurant owner yeah. you might get to the point where you want to expand yeah. and uh what's your options where well, you can either negotiate with your landlord to try and get some extra space sure or you can negotiate with Deliveroo uh, and, l- and let them build a, a bit cage. of extra capacity for you and either way they'll take their cut yeah. and it's you know ha- you know how do we s- strip this sort of extractive yeah. rentierism absolutely um, from our you know food networks.
2: so our I mean on the high street it's going to be a little harder but I I'm all up for council-owned high streets and low rents for innovative food businesses. Um, But because this dark kitchen stuff is actually pretty new, Mm. we think there's scope for the councils to actually step in and set up their own sites and actually keep some of the value that's being pretty savagely extracted Mm -hmm. um, somehow in in the communities where it's being created.
1: So, I'd like to wrap up the interview just by asking you, you know, we're here, at the World Transforms, yeah. Labour Conference happening down the road. Yes. Obviously, you know, massive congratulations on the, the whole 32-hour work week motion yeah, passing, yeah. which Thank is fantastic. Thank you very autonomy. much. We're all very proud. Um, but I guess my question would be, if Labour and Jeremy Corbyn uh, were to go into government, mm-hmm. how hopeful are you that they may take on uh, some of the policies that you propose in terms of you know, reclaiming public space? Hmm and if if you're not confident, what is one policy that you would love to see them sort of take forward uh, into governments
2: i think i think it's i think for us it's actually far away from a sort of national for 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 what i do in autonomy urban it's 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 early for government policy we we're, we're sort of a lot of the work we've done has been directed at uh municipalities, uh some at unions, yeah. um some at sort of worker c- c- collectives, um even sex workers, we've, we've, you know, j- but, 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 but it's, yes, we're thinking much more at that scale, at a, at a, at a more sort of municipal or regional scale. Really. It's early
1: stages, but that's, you know, someone's got to think about it, and then hopefully we can scale these options up in the future. Julian, thank you so much thank for joining so much. us on the FM podcast. Nice one. Thank you very thank much. Thank you.